It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin our number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw coming at you. It is never too early to look in the futures market, certainly in the NFL, because we know the NFL is still king no matter what time of year it is. And people love to get in these markets when they feel like they're getting the best of the numbers, right? Because their numbers are always going to adjust. And we saw that last year, certainly as Geno Smith won comeback player of the year this year. Now, you look at next year's number, and the shortest name and number associated with it is DeMar Hamlin. Now, this is obviously eye-opening, and what a story it is, plus 250. For a guy that, you know, we had to stop a game, cancel the rest of the game, never make up the game, to think that, one, he could even play again. You know, we saw this a little bit last year with Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders, who had been shot in the offseason and then the fact that he was even able to play and contribute, yeah. some thought that should be worthy of comeback player of the year because you're coming back from something. You're coming back from, in DeMar Hamlin's case, a near-death experience on the football field. Would it be enough for voters? Remember, voted on a war to people. This is no criteria. This is just sometimes, man, DeMar Hamlin plays. He needs to win the award just for suiting up. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. The one thing I would want to know is if this guy's really capable of playing in 2023. That's the big question. But I'll tell you the name that I like on this list. So we've got a ton of guys, 12 guys on this list who we have in front of us here. 
John Mechie uh-huh. at 15 to 1. I knew I was looking at the same name. Right? Like everybody else, Russell Wilson was terrible. Jimmy Garoppolo had an injury. Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Tua, Trey Lance, all these guys are injury. But Mechie's overcome cancer. Mm-hmm. And you brought up a great point, which is this is a voted on award. And so much of it is emotional. And so many times you see some of these awards handed out, it's simply based on emotion. And I think Mechie is a guy that could potentially benefit from if he's able to come back. I think it's a fascinating number associated with it at 15-1, knowing the backstory. And a lot, this is what a lot of this will be, right? That the writers and the people that vote in these awards go, you get the emotional heartstrings. And and you should. I mean, DeMar Hamlin, you should be moved by it. John Mechie, you should be moved by it. The other guys, as you mentioned, and I think that's why some people took issue with Geno Smith winning the award this year. They go, well, what did he come back from? That- he came back from being benched for a decade? Like, like, is that is that now the criteria? So, again, with no baseline criteria to how to win this award, take that to, into account before you make these 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 wagers at these numbers. By the way, the genius that is Geno Smith. How's that uh, trademark on uh, they oh. wrote, but they didn't write back? Do you realize nobody's putting that on a T-shirt? Like, you know, all these guys want to be such brilliant business people. Actually, figure out what's actually going to sell. I know it is. It is. And I like the Geno Smith story. I thought was great. I, like he played. What's so great about a story? The guy, the guy, he didn't embrace the suck for a long time. As my man Goggins would say. No, I, but like the story of biding your time again after busting out in New York, going to Seattle, everybody assumes it's going to be, you know, Drew Locke's going to win the job or somebody else. Jimmy G, remember, he's going to get traded from San Francisco to Seattle. And the whole time Pete Carroll kept saying, no, 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 no. I got my guy. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. You're going to go to Geno Smith? How's that going to work out? Well, they went to the postseason. And they were competitive with San Francisco for three quarters. So that part of the story I really do like uh, for Geno Smith to to overcome. But, again, the difference is, are we talking about ailments? Like physical injuries to overcome Jimmy Garoppolo, 12-1. to We don't even know where Jimmy G is going to be playing. Russell Wilson, what ailment did Russell have? None. He just sucked. Like, that, that, that's it. There was no ailment there, right? So the criteria has to match what you think the criteria should yeah. be, right? And, and it's so nondescript that I'm with you on the Mechie side, certainly the DeMar Hamlin. Like, if DeMar Hamlin comes back and plays next year for the Bills' defense, and by the way, that was a problem for them in their Bengals, in the playoff loss to the Bengals, right? They really couldn't stop. Uh, they couldn't stop the offense in Cincinnati. If DeMar Hamlin comes back, is an effective player in that secondary again, that would be a remarkable comeback story from literally near death to being a person playing significant amount of time in the back four of that Bills defense. No, absolutely right. And I think he's a guy that would win it. But I, I still think Mechie is a guy, you know, to come back. And here's the one thing I would argue against Tamar Hamlin. This happened in week, what, 15? Late in the year. The game 15? Whereas John Mechie missed, I think, the entire season. We never right? saw him. Yeah, we never saw him. So I think for that would be more more of a comeback player to me than a guy who's played all but three games or two games. Correct me if I'm wrong, Amal, but he's also coming back from a torn ACL, right? He had that in Alabama? Yes, yes but, he did. But I thought I thought he got healthy from that by the time the draft came oh. around. Okay. And so, but and then the had, cancers got diagnosed, and you're like, yeah, oh, my goodness. Had, what do you have, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? Right. So a lot of um, curveballs there. Yeah, absolutely. I it just... Not taking anything away from DeMar Hamlin yeah. and his, you know, his fortitude to come back from what he suffered through. But I think Mechie deserves a ton of credit for potentially overcoming this. And then here's the other thing, just big picture wise. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, cancer is something that affects 
individuals, but also when you go broader, broader picture, it affects people. We all know somebody that's you know, had cancer or, or lost someone close to us that's mm -hmm. had cancer. So I think from that standpoint, uh, I think Mechie resonates a little bit more. I'm with you. That, that story, if he is able to come back and be you know, helpful to that, that Texans offense, yeah, that, that really will play and it should play. I mean, yeah. that, that's legit coming back from. That's, we're kind of making that denotation between injury and, like, what are you really coming back from? Trey Lance injured. Tua Tungavalola injured. Lamar Jackson injured. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup of the Rams, both injured. Then you get to Russell, who was not injured, just didn't play well. So out of the guys that were not injured, excuse me, that, that legitimately were injured, they're going to have the opportunity, certainly playing a high-profile position like Stafford, Jackson, Tua, and Trey are going to play. We assume Trey Lance might be the starter in San Francisco at 6-1. to one. Is there a guy there that you look at and go, well, they're going to be a starting quarterback and a high-profile team. I got to lean towards, say, Lamar Jackson at 7-1. Yeah, Lamar's an interesting one, too, is another interesting Look, I'm a little bit concerned about Tua long-term health-wise, so he's not a guy I would bet on here. Stafford, I don't think he's going to bounce back and have a great year, but he's going to be there just collecting the checks. Yep. I I'm telling you right now, I would wager money that the, the Rams eventually – reach some sort of settlement with Matthew Stafford in a year or two on the contract. And he just walks away from the game because they, they owe him a ton of money. So mm -hmm. he's not going to leave that much money on the table, but I saw a great podcast with his wife and she said, look, I don't care. She goes, I wish he would just retire right now. She, and she, and I love what she said. She goes, it's not just like, okay, we have money now. She goes, I would give it all up in a second for him to be healthy. Yes. And so, um, you know, the guy to me that's interesting is Russell Wilson at 10 to one, because now you're going to be with Sean Payton. Mm. In my opinion, one of the greatest play callers of all time. I think he's going to design this offense in a way that, look, either Russell can play or he can't, but I think he's going to make it very Russell Wilson friendly. Like, and we really are splitting hairs here of, of what we think the criteria should be to, to be eligible to win the award. Brees Hall, he yeah. played a, a good chunk at the beginning of the year yep. before he got hurt, right? Yeah. Same thing could be said for Lamar Jackson, certainly Tua Tungvaluwa, and we saw that Tua Tungvaluwa didn't clear concussion protocol till after the season was over. Right. Like, so these are these weird narratives that you have to go down before you really think, well, this is why I think this person at this number makes sense. And I'm right back to square one with John Mechie. I, I, I'm right there with you at 15 to one for a guy who did not play all the other guys at least played. Even Trey Lance played into week two. Yeah. Like Mechie, we didn't see at all. So for a guy that we have no idea what his NFL career even looks like to come back again, theoretically and blossom on that Texans offense, that would seem like, where I would start my criteria with, hey, the guy didn't even play last year, and now he's come back and he's shown he can play. All the other guys on this list at least played at some point of the season last year. Absolutely, and I think when you look at Lamar still played a lot, and there's some question marks about whether Lamar could have played or not. I think there was a certain scenario where people thought, hey, maybe this guy's just kind of trying to protect his own financial interest, and I'm not critical of somebody doing that. Mm -hmm. I, I understand some people would be, but – to me, look, you're in a job. You're going to do what's in your best financial interest. You might go to another organization because they're going to pay you more money. Or, you know, people are like, well, you got to win. Listen, let me tell you something. At the end of the day, when the guy retires and he's got $200 million, it doesn't matter whether he's got five rings or none. He's got $200 million. And I know you look at Lamar at 71, 7-1 to win the Comeback Player of the Year award. I don't know that he's going to be the starting quarterback in Baltimore now. I, I, I believed – Whoa. What John Harbaugh was saying all the time during the, oh, he's going to be our guy. Don't worry about it. With every passing day, I'm all, I go, yeah, I, I'm starting to really doubt whether or not he even lines up 
in uh, in Charm City again. Okay, I'm more confident about this one than the five quarterbacks in the first round. If Lamar Jackson is back in Baltimore, he's 100% the starting quarterback. Yes, yes, bar yes. Barring injury. Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm just saying I don't know that they're going to get this done contractually. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Bring him okay, back. No, no, no. I apologize. I, I yeah. think wherever he goes, he's going to be the starting quarterback. I just think there's a real doubt now that he actually lines up for the Ravens. Well, if I'm the Ravens, I put him on a franchise tag because the type of contract he wants anyway is going to be comparable to what a franchise tag number would dictate for year one. So do that for one year. I love what Washington did with Cousins. They put him on two, two franchise years. tags. Minnesota ended up paying a large portion of his contract eventually when he went there. And I mean, you got an average quarterback you paid like he was a franchise quarterback. So you let Lamar prove himself. If he doesn't like it, tough luck. But you know, I, I you know, it was funny. You brought this up in the previous segment when we were talking about teams and decision-making. Mm -hmm. I always said the Ravens should have said to Joe Flacco after they beat the Broncos and then they beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, hey, thanks for the service. Get the hell out of here. You're not going to help us win another one. To me, these teams don't make enough what I would call prudent business decisions. The problem is with the GM, it's not their money. Yeah, I, I can tell you right now, we have business owners and people that listen to us. I, I can tell you they would never pay certain people this kind of money when it's coming out of their own pocket. And for me, I would look at it and say, look, Lamar, you're a great player. But we're gonna, we want to see what you can do because I don't know if you can get us over the top. Your health is always in question. Your accuracy is in question. So I would sit there and put him on a franchise tag. If he proves it, so what? You give him a five-year, $250 million deal, you guarantee him $200 million. One of the problems in the NFL is Jimmy Haslam and the Browns have done a terrible job of guaranteeing that money to mm -hmm. Russell. Uh, I'm sorry, not Russell. Sean Watson. Sean Watson. That has really kind of set a bad precedent for them in terms of quarterbacks that you may not want to give guaranteed money to. But a bigger picture, Watson's contract should be guaranteed along with every other player in the NFL. The problem is the NFL has got the worst union head going in DeMora Smith. That's why they've got the worst contracts. There's no player in the NFL that should not be playing on guaranteed contracts. Totally agree. And it, what, it's astounding to me, the quarterbacks that say, oh, it's disrespectful to Lamar if you put the tag on. Wasn't disrespectful when they did it to Kirk Cousins for two back-to-back -back years in D.C. Let me tell you, when Steve Bashotti pays the type of money he paid, you could do whatever the hell you want. Let me let me tell you, it's like that great line in Entourage. Ari Gold goes, I paid two grand. I'll launch a three-pointer if I want. Coming back, talking more college hoops next here on Big Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where experts break down the brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer, so visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe talking some more college hoops with the mall shaw dave ross here talked about some of the games some of the bigger games on tap for tonight they all have certain importance for teams trying to get into and get off that bubble correct when you look at wake forest and nc state nc mm-hmm. state's in we yes. get that what about wake forest because i know a lot of times betters want to go let me get the team that needs to win this game tonight and you know and i know and the american people know if you lived in the raleigh durham area this is a big time rivalry game Wake Forest getting five and a half in Raleigh tonight. What do you make of the Demon Deeks on a not-so-long road trip? Yeah, absolutely. This is not going to be an easy game for them going into uh, Raleigh to take on the the Wolfpack here. But tricky number, Dave. I think it's a stay-away spot for me from the number. I don't like NC State here, but I don't like Wake either. This could go either way. I can see uh, State winning by three or winning by ten. Um, number uh, the totals one fifty six and a half. Another one where it comes down a little bit. I think we wound up with one forty four in the Creighton game yesterday. Yeah. So if you, I said if you can get one forty one on the end game, take it. And this is one where if you can get around one 
151-152, maybe a few points off the total. Anything under 150 is an auto-go on the over here. Well, when I just worry about if you're back in state tonight, you're coming off that great win against Carolina. Now, look, everybody goes, Carolina sucks. They're down, right? Yeah. It's still Carolina. And if you beat the Tar Heels and you're the Wolfpack, that means something. Oh, no question. And, and again, in that area with Duke and, you know, not too far down the road in Durham, can they keep that intensity up against Wake Forest? Another team now, Wake Forest, that goes, well, we want to go there and show that we run the Raleigh-Durham area. No, no question about it. And for people that are unfamiliar, I mean, Raleigh to Durham is oh, like 35 close. minutes. Chapel Hill to Durham is about eight miles. And then you got Winston-Salem about an hour and 45 minutes from Raleigh. So they're all right there. I mean, you know, Tobacco Road, these four schools and the history that they've had in college basketball, obviously, uh, has been huge. But I, I think when you look at it right now, Wake Forest, you need this win. I, I personally think Wake has been a better team than the way I've seen people project on the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're a pretty good team. I, I personally feel they should be in the tournament, but maybe the resume, I haven't looked at it in depth, but I, I think they're a tough team. And, th and that's something we talked about last hour with Steve Mackin and our VEASAN editor is you should not fall into the trap of, well, Wake needs this one to really impress the committee with an at-large win on the road in a conference opponent, NC State, who just beat Big Bad Carolina. Theoretically, right? Blue blood. But that's not a good way necessarily to handicap it. Yeah, Wake Forest knows they need to win this game if they really want to make and have designs of getting an at-large if they can't win the ACC tournament. No question about it. And, you know, I don't you – know, you bring up a good point, which is, well, this team needs the game. Well, to me, NC State, yeah, they're still playing to improve their seeding, their opportunity. They're having a great run down the stretch in this uh, – regular season. So don't discount what they're doing. And the one other thing I'd point out is look at conference standings right now, you know, in the big 12, we, we talked about uh, Kansas Baylor and Texas. Now it looks like Baylor, the, the six to one I was saying is going to fall by the wayside because of that loss at K state and KU winning at TCU. Mm -hmm. But I think in the ACC, just don't discount everybody, even though it looks like it's Virginia's league to win. I still think you have to pay attention to the standings when you're looking at some of these matchups and where teams sit. NC State at 11 and 6. They're not going to be able to win the league, but you know, Miami's a perfect example of a team at 14 and 4, Pitt 13 and 4, UVA at 13 and 3. So, still lots of basketball to be played here with 3-4 games down the stretch. Anything can happen. Let's talk about St. John's and Georgetown mm -hmm. and where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? If we could go back 40 years and Lou Carnesecca against Big John Thompson and Patrick Ewing against Walter the Truth Barry, I mean, what has happened to the Red Storm and the Hoya paranoia? Nobody fears these teams anymore. How about this? The Johnnies two-point faves on the hilltop against Georgetown. I mean, it, it, it's, it's sad what's happened to these two formerly elite big-time college basketball programs. First of all, you just depressed me with that reference of 40 <laughs> years. I did, How about and, that? And it's correct. It was, I, still remember the, I still remember the SI cover in 85. Walter Berry and the St. John's uh, Reds. What were they? The Redmen, Redmen back then. Redmen back then. Red, Redmen, back then. Red, Redmen back then. Halt uh, Georgetown's winning streak. I think it was 22-game winning streak at the time. Um, you know, you look at this matchup, and this is one game where I would look at a potential total going over. The Johnnies want to play with tempo. Georgetown's finally going to play with a team that doesn't mind getting up and down the floor. These two teams played a good game earlier this year, 75-73 at MSG. This could be a similar type of game here, but this is one where I think it will be a little bit higher scoring, a little bit more efficiency. But I'll tell you what, these are the final days for uh, one Patrick, uh, Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Georgetown has to make a change. This program has gone into oh. the abyss. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I obviously in D.C. for almost two decades there. 
So I got to work with John Thompson uh, back in the old radio station. Then his son, JT3, uh, used to go into his office all the time and have great conversations with John. And what I remember thinking then is when you move on from John Thompson III, right, and you get rid of the Thompsons, right? Now, Ewing was kind of an homage and a throwback to that era. Be careful what you wish for. They were throwing out JT3 after getting two seeds in the NCAA tournament and regularly a team you talked about in the final eight, Sweet 16. Now, they didn't have great tournament success, but they were still, under JT3, a team that would get high seeds in the tournament. Amal, they can't get, they can get high seeds in the Big East tournament. High seeds? These guys can't win 10 games. And this is amazing I mean, they're 7-21 the right now. I just thought they got rid of JT3 because they were running out of towels. I mean, nobody sweated more on the sideline than he did. I would say Gary Williams at Maryland. Okay. Maybe Gary sweated a little bit more. But, like, but that's the problem now. Like, you were, were talking about Georgetown not that long ago being still a national power. Now to being a team that if you did, uh, if you relegated teams in the Big East, they'd relegate them right out of the league. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how far they've fallen. Uh, you're absolutely right. And to me right now, when you look at this Hoyas team, I don't know how they get back. You know, the PG area, Prince George's County. Yeah. Tremendous players have come out of there. We know that. But to me, if you're Georgetown, you're Maryland, you've got to have an absolute fence on the D.C. metro area, northern Virginia, that whole area, uh, Prince George's County included. There's always great talent coming out of there. You've got to be able to get some of those guys to stay at home. Now, we'll see if Willard can do that in College Park. Big challenge. But Georgetown right now, they're a long, long way away from it. And also, think about this. For people that are unfamiliar with the area, beautiful, beautiful area to go to school. Oh, yeah. An incredible academic institution. I, I couldn't get into Georgetown. I applied there. But, man, let me tell you, if I could have, I would have been there in one second. I knew some people that if I had known you back then, I would have got you in. I wish. I know that would have been people. great. I, but, but Might have been that, a diplomat sitting somewhere. Could this be a last hurrah game? That Would you look to Georgetown tonight, maybe on the money line, plus $1.15? Because, look, they did win their last time out. Well, that was against Butler, Dave. I don't know if that counts. All right, but, it's, but it's still, you know, like for, if you're looking for anything for Patrick Ewing, you're like, man, okay, we finally get a win against Butler can we go two in a row and beat one of our old rivals in the Johnnies? Yeah, I think they'll play hard in this game. And you know the thing is with Georgetown this year, they've been a great first half team. If games yeah. were 20 minutes, Georgetown might be like 15 and you know 15 and 13, not seven and 21. But the 40 minutes is the problem for them. This is going to be an interesting one. Mike Anderson also, I think, is in some hot water yeah. at St. John's. Uh, program's just not going in the direction you want to. You know, I think college basketball is tough. Look, I know people don't want me to hear me say this, but you got to bring a bushel of money and to get guys. You know, I'll tell you a quick story about Jabari Parker. Ooh. Jabari Parker out of Chicago. Mm -hmm. I was he at Simeon? He wasn't at Simeon, was he? Or was he? I forgot where he was at in Chicago. But, but he, he was as, as heralded a player as they've ever to have come out of Chicago. Well, I would say one Derrick Rose was, to me, was... Well, well, I mean, Isaiah Thomas back yeah, in the day, yeah, yeah. right? IT as yeah. well. But, I mean, she, yeah, when there have been some great players. When yeah. he was coming up, they were talking about him in, the, in that ilk. Yeah, so Michigan State expected to get him. And the number was around 200,000, okay? And then all of a sudden, the last minute, Duke sweeps in with about 700,000. Jabari's father would have been able to drive to the games in East Lansing. For people that are familiar, it's a much, much shorter drive from Chicago to East Lansing than it is from, East, uh, from Chicago to Durham. Yes. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he ends up signing with Duke. I, I'm telling you right now. Didn't Dad get a job with the Duke East, too? That I, that I don't know. I'll tell you another story in a second that's a great story at Kentucky. Um, but Izzo said... Uh, to, to a friend of mine in coaching circles, he goes, we're going to win a national title. We're getting Jabari, boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, he winds up at Duke. You mentioned a player, uh, went to Kentucky. His mom gets a job at Kentucky 
as an administrator at the hospital, $250,000 a year salary. After the first year, he declares for the pros, and then her job was no longer there. Oh. Yeah. That's how I, the game works. I just I always go back to uh, Eric Dickerson when he was being recruited, and yeah. he got a Texas Trans Am. From Texas A&M. Yeah. They gave him a Trans Am. He didn't go to Texas A&M. Yeah. What do you do with the car? I'm keeping it. What are you going to do? Hey, we tried to illegally recruit, recruit you with a car. You have to give us a car back. No, that's Eric, not how it works. Eric Barkley was doing that with sports agents in the late 90s. Dave's an agent. Josh Towers is an agent. He's like, hey, give me money. Okay, well, it's like Dave's not going to go rat on himself that hey, I paid the player. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, so I'm telling you, this happens a lot. And I always love on college. I don't understand in college athletics, these fans go nuts. Like, you think Alabama pays players? You don't think Ohio State? Listen, I know everybody pays. You're an idiot if you don't think they're paying. I love when people go, Alabama doesn't need to pay. I said, how the hell you think they're getting them to the county? How do you think they this whole train rolling? Yeah, that's exactly right. NIL changed the game forever. When we come back, Wes Reynolds talking golf down there at the Honda Classic this week. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on these. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every single game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see the changes and all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Dave Ross, Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel. We have an owner behind the glass today, Wyatt, doing yeoman's work in for Kelly today. And I'm going to put this on my dating profile. Yeah. Minority owner of the Green Bay Packers. That's you a good cool, one. Dude, what a that pickup line. Brilliant. I and own I, part of the Packers. <laughs> but it's true, Wyatt does. And I believe, I don't know if we have dramatic music for breaking news. That's dramatic enough for me. Do you have news involving A-Rod? Because we know that A-Rod was in a four-day darkness retreat. We've been waiting for him to come out of said retreat. Yeah, so this was, uh, according to Jeff Darlington, who was on uh, oh. ESPN's Get Up, a very important Packers source says that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers this season. It's also tweeted out by Rob, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher his last name, Demvosky, who's the ESPN reporter for Green Bay as well. So yeah. it's quite interesting. So we, again, we cannot confirm nor deny that he's out of said darkness retreat, but everybody was waiting with bated breath saying when he comes out of this, it's supposed to be this revelation and then it, clarity will hit Aaron and then we'll find out what he's going to do. It sounds like according to published reports and blue check marks, he's coming back to Green Bay. Well, by the way, I think you can buy a blue check mark for eight bucks. I so think you can. Yeah. Don't do that. Please don't do that. If you do that, I feel, feel less about you as a person. Some first, people, of all, first of all, hold on a second. Why are you directing that comment and staring straight at me? Because you're in my peripheral view. Well, first of all, it's not that hard to look over three feet at Ross. My, my right contact is bothering I, me, so I can't really look to the right. Unless, They're dry here right now. Unless the organization known as VEASAN makes me... Buy that blue I thought, check mark. But he I has, thought you I were going to agree with I me. Like one. you were like, we were going to. I have one. See, I, Dave has a blue check mark. I already had me. I, well, yes, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Now, don't, if just I don't lose pay for it, Twitter. If Elon Musk takes it away from me, I do not care. So if my blue check mark goes away, sorry. Some of the, some of the comments are. 
<laughs> Some of the comments on Twitter are just hilarious. They're, they're great. I mean, if you you got to find the comedy in it. Uh, I like to follow Wes Reynolds on Twitter. You can follow him at Wes Reynolds One on the uh, the Big Bluebird. There, he's now the new co-host of Veasan Tonight weekdays with Matt Humans, nine to twelve Eastern. Wes, this should be a pretty dynamic pairing. Are you excited, sir? I am looking forward to it. We're getting into uh, March Madness and. Matt and I are just going to be betting games and talking ball like we used to. And <laughs> so I think it's going to be a lot of fun getting into that. I, I heard what you were saying about, about Rogers. I want him to stay in the darkness until <laughs> August, stay in the darkness until August and then bother me with this. I don't want several months of this again. No, no, Wes, I can't deal with the heartbreak here. I did deal with Harbaugh last month. I don't need too much of this. It Har- sounds Harbaugh. like it's over. It sounds like he's out of the darkness. He's going back to green Bay. Lots of things to address here. First of all, Wes, congratulations <laughs> on the new show. Why Why the hell would you put your trust in a guy who wears khakis to everything? Harbaugh's the kind of guy that would show up to the beach in khakis. <laughs> I, I trust a guy who's beaten up on Ohio State the last two years. That's true. By the way, did you notice he had to put in the specific last two? Don't worry. <laughs> they don't, got don't, don't get me started on 2016. The, I think they lost that game. But let me, let me get to our man, Wes Reynolds, here. First of all, Wes, kudos uh, – and congratulations on the new show, as I mentioned. But also, love the job Mike Woodson is doing. I know tough mm. game last night at the Breslin Center. I thought it was an emotional spot. Looking back on it, I kind of wish I had played Sparty in that game at home. I didn't do that. I thought Indiana had a legitimate shot in that basketball game. But I love the way your Hoosiers are playing. Nobody's talking about it. Everyone's talking about Perdon't. But I think Indiana's a team you got to pay attention to in this league when we go to the NCAA yeah, tournament. I- and I think you're right, Amal. That was a really tough spot for Indiana, which is why I did play Michigan State. Plus the fact when you look at what's going on here, they need a third option to step up because I think Trace Jackson Davis, I mean, this guy, if you look at the minutes that he has played, 39 last night, 34 against Illinois, 34 against, or, or excuse me, 39 against Northwestern, 40 against Michigan, 39 against Rutgers, 39 against Purdue. You look recently, IU has played so many like high leverage games where it's one or two possessions that decide them in the end. And when you do that, when you have so many of those games in a row, you, you lose your energy. And you can only have so much energy from game to game. And I thought Michigan State kind of came out a little bit emotional, maybe a little bit nervous early. And then they took it over. And I think when they took it over is when Mike Woodson sat Jalen hood Shafino with two fouls with six and a half minutes to go. If you watch what Bill Self did on Monday night, he only sat Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson for about two or three minutes and put them back in and trusted them not to foul. I don't like when these coaches, when a kid gets two fouls, automatic sit for the end of the half, and that was the run for Michigan State, and then they never looked back. I, I appreciate the point you're making. I'll give you two points to this where I disagree with you in this one. Number one, TJD is in the post. And I think you can, you have the likelihood of getting an offensive foul. Defensive foul is far greater than the guard play with Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson on the perimeter more so, even though Jalen Wilson is one of the top rebounders in the Big 12. The other thing is one guy that always used to do this, and I love this and I respect the hell out of this coach, was Jim Calhoun at Connecticut. Mm. He always sat guys, and, and I get what you're saying, especially in a road game, you probably don't want to do that. Maybe you could have come back with Hood, Hood Shafino because he's at the guard position. I think that makes a difference. But I, I still think Woodson's done a great job overall, Dave, with this team. I, I agree. I know Wes is happy with the job he's done so far. I can't wait to see what they do in the tournament. They could be one of those sleeper, sleeper teams people are not talking about. I want to stay in the Hoosier State before we talk golf, but switch it over to Shane Steichen, the new head coach now of the Indianapolis Colts. Wes, I look up on the board and I see 80-1 to for the Colts to win the AFC next year. 
Now, the, the second longest odds, only uh, longer odds are Houston at 100 to 1. What do you make of Shane Steichen, and do you like the hire? I like the hire, number one, because it's an offensive guy. I don't think you can go with a defensive guy unless he's an elite coordinator in this league, just because we've talked about it a lot, Dave. It's hard to play defense in this league. Mm-hmm. Every rule is geared toward the offense. And you saw the final eight teams this year, the only coach that was a defensive guy was Sean McDermott, who has one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best offenses in the NFL. So I think he had to go offense. More than likely, the Colts are going to draft a young quarterback. I have no idea who it is. Uh, Jim Irsay at the introductory press conference spilled the beans. Hey, the Alabama kid's pretty good, so I don't know if Jimmy's <laughs> playing coy there, but it's going to be young. It could be Stroud. It could be maybe Will Levis. He's going to be the most polarizing guy, I think, in this draft because there are people at both extremes, some that think he's great and some that think he's horrible. And then now you're hearing a little bit of buzz about Anthony Richardson. I don't know if I buy that for the number one pick. I think if you're going to be a speculative better, you want to bet that now just in case because all these draft props, they change on information. One tweet changes the market. And so, you know, you're having a couple mockers out there putting Anthony Richardson, you know, going in the top three or top four or whatnot. I don't know if I believe that, but I think the saving grace for the Colts is that it's the AFC South. They're in the AFC South where everybody has a chance. You know, I think Jacksonville has kind of become the number one team, being that they won the division. But still, I don't think that there's that much of a gap between these teams. Totally agree. And I looked at that number and I thought, man, that seems a little large for my liking, uh, especially when we don't know who the quarterback is going to be yet for the Colts next year. We brought you on to talk golf. And then, Wes, of course, we talk about everything else besides golf. Let's get to the Honda Classic now as they go from the West Coast to the East Coast swing and begin that Florida trip. It's not the best field. It's not a star-studded field. But I'm sure it's a field that you've already broken down on long shots. Where have you found some value, you think, this week? Yeah, I looked a little bit mid-range, guys, because it, it is really tough to take the favorite, even though Sunjay has won this event before. But I started in the mid-30s, and I went with a, a couple guys around 35 to 40 to 1. Johnny Vegas, mm. who, if you look at the ball striking, has been absolutely tremendous. He was top 10 for strokes gained off the tee, top 10 for strokes gained approach so far over the last 36 rounds. Only with T56 last week at the Genesis, but he's fifth in ball striking. So if he can just make a few putts, I think he can contend in a drop-in class group like this. Adam Svensson actually is a local guy who lives in Palm Beach Gardens, played his golf at Barry University in college, does have a win on this course when he was the medalist at the Q School for the Web.com Tour back in 2015. So maybe a little bit of a local angle here. Hayden Buckley, 50-1. to one. Uh, top five in strokes gained off the tee. The last seven winners here have actually been ranked either 13th or better in that category, strokes gained off the tee. And then a couple longer bombs, Robbie Shelton, 60-1, to one, guy that's really played well in his second time on the PGA Tour. He's making cuts. He's getting top 20. He's got a couple top 10s already since last fall. And then uh, Danny Willett, 70-1, to one, who was T18 at the Genesis last week but was fourth in the field for scrambling and former Masters champion, doesn't have the pressure to try to get into the Masters, but he's right around 100 ranked in the world, so he's trying to get some of those OWGR points in a weak field so he can get in the U.S. Open and the PGA later on in the summer. The Tita Green game, you know, is going to come along. I think the short game has been pretty sharp, though, for Danny Willett as well. Yeah, not the longest hitter out there, Danny Willett, but he can scramble with the best of them. Hey, Wes, always great catching up, man. Congrats on the new show. We appreciate it. 
Good to be with you guys. Thank you. There he is, Wes Reynolds. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Wes Reynolds One. Come on back. We'll put a finishing touch on this edition of Big Bets here on Visa. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. As basketball and hockey seasons continue, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every weekday and uh, we're new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance bet, Saturday hockey same game parlay bet and get, weekly pro basketball bet and gets, and much more. Check out betrivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app. It is a whole new ballgame. I'm all Shaw, Dave Ross here. We were talking about during the break that we saw Robert Woods, Taylor Luan were let go yeah. by the Tennessee Titans, and uh, Wyatt said, Michigan State legend. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Michigan. Michigan legend. Michigan. Oh, careful there, Dave. Sorry, careful. Sparty. He's from and the Beltway. It's okay. Yeah, he, he, Michigan legend. And and your re- rebuttal was what? We're being a little bit cavalier with legends, aren't we? <laughs> so not quite a, a right, legend. I mean, it, Michigan produces such great offense. He's one of the best linemen, you know, in the game. I, I don't remember Ohio State producing a lineman like Whoa. this. Whoa. Shots fired. For the last 10 years. Man, he is enjoying. And, and does, he want me to go, does he want me to go through just the, the list of guys? Do you want to pull up the number of pros Michigan has compared to Ohio State in the league? Orlando Pace comes to mind. He's a Hall of Famer. He said last Quality oh, last over year. quantity. By the way, how many games did Luan win against the Buckeyes? Oh. I should have won 2013. I'm still bitter about that one, too. <laughs> Let's get back to college basketball, uh, breaking down some of the games that are going on tonight and kind of bigger picture with some of these teams. Look, we understand Houston right now. They've got Tulane coming uh, to town tonight. Houston's going to be on the short list of everybody's favorites to win the national championship. What have you seen from this team from Samson's club here as the year has gone on? Have they gotten better in your estimation or are you worried about league play and how they're actually going to be able to translate that into the bigger dance? Yeah, I think the league is fine. The American conference is solid. It's not great. It's, it's a decent conference. Tulane's a high scoring team that this is a uh, pretty solid team. I think Ron Hunter's the coach there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done a nice job so far this year getting the ball up and down the floor. But the problem for Houston is I don't think they're challenged. And I think the other thing is sometimes they've gotten a little bit complacent. I thought some of the intensity levels dropped off a little bit unless they've been put in precarious spots. I saw the best performance by a team defensively by them against Temple earlier this year. They were down at the Leah Corsa Center at halftime. And they came out and, I mean, Temple, forget making a shot. They, they couldn't get a shot off. Mm. I mean, they had a couple of shot clock violations, turnovers, everything. This Cougars team, though, look, they're going to be a one seed. They're going to get a great matchup in the first round. So now they've got to win three games. They've got to win that round of 32, the Sweet 16, and then the Elite Eight game. And then the Final Four is in Houston. And oh, I got to tell you, this could be one of the highest, if not the highest attended Final Fours if the Cougs make it. It is outside of the University of Texas because there's still a lot of Texas fans, Texas alum there. UH has got a ton of support, obviously, in town. And, and you sit there and say, well, everyone, no, Washington supports UW. There's Seattle supports UW. Um, but you don't get the same support for SMU in that city the way you do for U of H in Houston. And so I, I think um, it's a great opportunity. It's a good team. But the thing that concerns me is their inconsistency in terms of shooting the ball. Sasser's got to shoot the ball well. Uh, Walker's got to play well. And then Jamal Sheed's got to play, play well. If he can do that, I think this team can be very dangerous. Plus 650 right now. Yeah. Houston as the favorite to win the national championship. I grabbed them in December after listening to you mm-hmm. at about 8-1. to one. Yep. So it's come down a little bit, but not dramatically, right? No. It, it feels like to me the teams I've seen, Bama around 9-1, to one, Kansas 950. Some people are going to go, it's just so hard to repeat for Kansas as right. a third betting favorite. 
But, but I guess it feels like Kansas has gotten better as the year has gone on. Well, give them credit. I think KU's playing as well as anybody down the stretch right now. I, I, they're playing tremendous basketball. But I think Kansas is a good matchup for Houston because they don't have tremendous size. You've got uh, uh, BJ um, inside there, um, Abrams inside. And I, I think this team could do well against somebody like that with the size there. But to me, what you don't understand until you face this team, and they blew that 15-point lead at the Fertitta Center against Alabama, or this team would be the number one seed overall for this wow. tournament, wouldn't even be in conversation. The problem is when you go up against Houston, it is hard to duplicate their intensity with which they play on the defensive end. And here's the thing, and you can say this about everybody, but this applies to the Cougs more than anybody. When they are making shots, they can run you out of the gym. Right. If they're not making shots, it could still be a game, but they can still beat you, right? Like, KU's going to need Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson to play well. If they don't make shots, they can get beat. But Houston could just lock you down defensively and still beat you even if they're not knocking down jumpers. I, I feel like when you look big big picture here as we get to March and you look at the shorter n names and, and numbers on the board, yeah, the one team that can play both ways would be Purdue. I mean, Edie is going to be a guy that you want to be in, in the low block and yeah. probably want to play half court, at least offensively, because you can go through Edie and nobody can match up with him. Correct. But they can play up tempo as well. Do you want teams that can play both styles? I feel like Kansas could do that to a degree. I, I think a lot of these teams, Houston, um, Purdue, Kansas, uh, UCLA, Baylor, Texas, Connecticut, Tennessee. I think they can all play those styles. I didn't mention Alabama and I didn't mention Arizona. Both of those teams want to go tempo, tempo, tempo. And I think a team like Arizona, even though they've got tremendous size advantage over a team like Houston, I think they'd run into a problem because these guards would absolutely suffocate Kirk Carees of the human turnover. Uh, <laughs> to me, when I look at this Houston team, they can just absolutely take you out of your game in terms of what you do offensively because how good their defense is. I would put this on par with maybe, I'd have to look at the stats, but I'm just going off of what I see visually. Mm -hmm. I don't know statistically. I can't back it up. But I, I think they're better than what you saw out of Virginia in their great run for the national title because they've got athleticism that UVA may not have had. Um, you had Hunter, who was a good athlete. Ty Jerome had good size yeah. in the guard position. But I, I think Houston and Kelvin Sampson, the intensity with this team, I, I'm telling you, Dave, I cannot wait <laughs> until we get to March. I think it's going to be like 16th or 17th when we get that round oh, yeah. of 64 going. It's going to be so much fun. The the this is such a wide-open tournament. That's why it's going to be so much fun this year. Again, it, what, what we're talking about with Houston tonight playing Tulane, it, it, the conference you think is good enough that it's not been a detriment to them to get them ready for the big dance. Yeah. I, I look at the Pac-12 and UCLA, a team I, I really like, and you're looking at UCLA right now 14-1. Has the Pac-12 been good enough to, to sharpen the iron? No. To sharpen the iron of the Bruins before they get to the next dance. He usually gives me that face when I ask him a question. There was a ridiculous question. So it's just, the pathetic 12 is exactly that. It is the pathetic 12. See, that's my concern then. Like, like are these teams, because, you know, iron's going to sharpen iron. I mean, the SEC is not the Big 12. But the teams in the Big 12, we know that they've run the gauntlet week in and week out against some of the best teams in the, in the country. So they're going to be battle tested. I'm going to be worried about the Bruins. I don't know what the draw is going to look like. And I'm going to be slightly worried about Houston that they're just not playing the same level of competition day in and day out. Okay. Let's take a look real quick. And I'm not comparing the, I don't want to need to break down the big 12 versus the pack 12. We already know right. the big 12 is there are different galaxies. Years. Yeah, exactly. But when you look at, okay, look at, for example, you've got the size with Arizona, but aside from that, Ramey's a smaller guard. Kirk Reese has got good size. Uh, he's decent size, actually. It's Appella that's got good size. But when you look at these other teams, 
Keontae, there's not a Keontae George on UCLA. There's not a Jalen Wilson on UCLA. There, there are not these types of players, right? Like these are NBA players, first round picks, Grady Dick. Jaime Hawkins is a guy that might wind up in the top 45 of the NBA draft. Tiger Campbell is not an NBA no, player. No. Like when you look at the guards that are there in, in the league compared, there's not a Keontae Johnson running around that could take you to the perimeter. What big man in the Pac-12 can take you out to 22 and then put the ball on the floor, back you up to the basket and go to work on you? Keontae Johnson could do that every night at K-State. The types of players that are existing in the Big 12 don't exist in the Pac-12. And, that, that, and I think that's a legitimate concern. When UCLA made their Final Four run two years ago, it feels yeah. like 10 years ago, still have a lot of the same guys on that team. But they were playing with house money. If people forget, they were one of the uh, what first four. They had to play yes. the first four. They, played, they almost beat lost. Michigan State. They almost lost. They beat them in overtime. A great comeback to win that game somehow, some way. And then they make the improbable run all the way to the Final Four. It's still that same group that Mick Cronin's got. So should that give me more hope for the Bruins that they can duplicate that again or more pause that really is the same guys and maybe they haven't not necessarily gotten better. They can, but I also, didn't they play like uh, Abilene Christian or somebody in, during one of those games? Look, they had the great game against uh, the Zags, yep. one of those oh, all-time great games. Yep. Um, but to me, when I look at it, look, they're a good team. But when you look at their schedule, they've beaten two teams that are in the NCAA tournament. And that is being generous with Kentucky getting in. Because SC, I don't believe, is in yet. So you've beaten Maryland and you've beaten Kentucky. You know, Arizona's played some teams. They've beaten UCLA. So I'll give them credit for that. But the rest of this league is bad. Oregon got swept by the Washington schools. Uh, USC and company have got a big trip this weekend to Colorado and Utah. And I'll tell you right now, the Trojans go 0-2. Welcome to the NIT, baby. Wow. I'll say this. It, what's amazing to me is on the first page of the shortest numbers to win the, the national championship, there's only four West Coast teams on there. UCLA, Arizona, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's. That's mm -hmm. it. So if people want to say there's an East Coast bias or there's a Midwest bias when it comes I think the proof's in the pudding. West Coast is just, they don't have the same caliber of teams that you see in the Midwest and the East Coast. Absolutely. Let me ask you this question. If KU played in the Pac-12, what, what's, I mean, they probably have a comparable or better record than UCLA, right? No question. And we're saying, boy, is the competition really going to hold back KU when they get to the big dance? Yeah, exactly. They, they haven't played enough good teams. Great yeah. conversation. I can't wait to continue this conversation for the next couple of days. I want to give a shout out to Wes Reynolds for joining us and Steve Mackinnon as well. Wyatt, great job behind the glass. We'll see you tomorrow right here. Big Vets on these. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.